Please note our website has changed to riskcommentary.ca. You're listening to the Risk Commentary Podcast. Are you responsible for managing risk but feel frustrated with a confused process? Your host, Edward Robertson, has helped clients not only face uncertainty but also solve chronic business problems by using clear methods with a minimal footprint. Do it right and your people will smile, love the risk process and invite you back. Stay tuned to find out how. This is episode 14, Enterprise Risk Management Implementation with Minimal Footprint. How can we roll out ERM and still maintain a minimal footprint? That is, not impose a huge burden with regard to time and resources. The answer is to use a principles-based approach. So in this episode, what I want to do is cover off many of the elements of the Enterprise Risk Management Implementation and discuss how each one of these encapsulates a principle, which if you can find some way of exercising or uh, realizing that principle that is different from what I recommend, then as I said before, I'm all for it. That's fine. It's simply a matter of trying to find the most efficient and effective way to institute a new management practice. So why am I insisting on this, and what is the significance of principles-based approach? Well, I suggest it in contradistinction to the prescriptive approach, that is, slavishly copying some method that is drawn from somewhere and expecting to get good results from it simply because the steps are prescribed to you. They're they're telling you what to do, basically. What I'm suggesting, by contrast, is to solve and satisfy certain criteria. So the first principle that I'm addressing in a general sense is to characterize enterprise risk management properly. We want to put it in perspective and put it in its proper place with regard to the entire panorama of management practice. I suggest that enterprise risk management is really a quality control management tool. It's a check on the quality of your plans and on the soundness of your intentions to execute on those plans. It doesn't substitute for research and sound planning. So if enterprise risk management is really, in perspective, an ancillary practice that we add to our management and planning regime, it follows that it has to be minimalist, it has to be efficient, and it has to be implemented relatively quickly. So if we accept that that's the general nature and sense of an enterprise risk management program in your organization, then let's proceed with the minimalist approach to implementation. The first element to be considered in our enterprise risk management implementation plan is the value proposition and cost benefit. The costs of the enterprise risk management program are going to be, in the way that I recommend, relatively modest, especially uh, in comparison to other capital projects that require uh, huge equipment, and we do not especially want to invest in IT software to implement the, the program. I'm going to address that in a later episode. The immediate takeaway is that you don't want to have a huge spend on a software application before you've actually proven the method with low-tech methods first. The immediate costs really involve repurposing time and job functions for personnel. This enables you to carry out trial sessions and prove the value of the method. So there's no question, we're going to be asking some people to take some chunk of time out of their regular duties in order to do trial sessions and to try to prove the benefit of a high-quality risk assessment. And if we're successful, we'll find that this repurposed time actually ends up in a transformed management regime that is using its time more efficiently. 
So I believe that is the main cost. And now with regard to benefit, we can ask, well, what are the benefits that are sort of promised in the literature? People are talking about reducing volatility, uh, being able to manage enterprise risk, and to um, perhaps preclude the occurrence of risk events, and so on. Um, I think really it's best to conceive of benefits in two categories. One is the direct benefits that are observable in the short term or even immediate term. And the second one is eventual outcomes or long-term benefits. The immediate benefit is that people have much more clarity on their goals and objectives and the soundness of their plans. And of course, this is all by virtue of the fact that we've put in the proper preparatory work to properly formulate goals and objectives and substantiate it with environmental scan and so on. So this is not trivial because this can actually serve to unify people psychologically in their approach to the organization's business. So let's look at this in, in some more detail. Of course, the, you know, the obvious benefit is that we're going to be identifying uncertainty and trying to address the, the risk that is inherent in the formulated plant. So this seemingly obvious benefit of identifying risk really breaks down into some interesting categories of faulty thinking. So, for example, we start to detect logical flaws in the plans themselves. We start to introduce perhaps fresh thinking and uh, original ideas that had not occurred to the planners before just by virtue of the fact that they're scrutinizing the plans in this way. We can start to detect important themes, risk themes, things where seemingly disparate events actually unify into one sort of core cause. We can also talk about uh, analyzing and managing uh, what we're heretofore intractable, chronic business problems. So I can summarize that by saying the quality of thought that is directed to plants by using this process really results in a much more profound understanding of the business. So that rich discussion of the organizational plans really constitutes in a direct and observable way the benefits of the first stage of enterprise risk management, that is to implement high-quality risk assessment. So uh, in sum, we've got a better conceived, substantiated, and formulated plan to pursue the core business. We've got a regime to permit managers and analysts to systematically discern and analyze the specific uncertainties. And then you've got uh, risk mit mitigation plans to manage those uncertainties. Now, this is all predicated on two things. First of all, you observe the principle in your working method of having rigorous definitions and a rigorous procedure. That's what I outline in high-quality risk assessment. It won't work if you just have an informal ad hoc discussion about risk. You won't get to these benefits that I'm talking about. The second thing is, and this is the principle of the value proposition itself, it's the practitioners who come back and report, yes, we're getting a much more profound understanding and clarity on the organization's business. So we're not telling people what the benefits are. We're letting people experiment and prove the method to themselves. That's crucial. So if the people who experiment with this come back and say, you know, it's not working for us, it, it, there's really no value here, well, at least you've got the chance to go back and investigate why, whether it's uh, in the planning practice or the risk ID session was not properly prepared or facilitated or whatever it is. But at least you have not gone too far down the road of ERM implementation with a lot of expense and you haven't made a lot of promises. So that's the value proposition and the cost benefit which should be discernible in the early stages of trials of high quality risk assessment which represent your first efforts at ERM implementation. The second element in our ERM implementation is the execution plan and timeline. I believe that it's much better to use an incremental and experimental approach to any new program which gives you the best chances for implementation 
as opposed to a command and control approach where you're imposing the new management practice all at once. So the principle that's operating there is that organic growth is much more effective and ultimately faster than a forced or coerced approach. This means that it's up to the discretion of the ERM champion to select program areas that are the most appropriate to work with. Uh, people who are willing to experiment with the new method, people who might have some sort of uh, chronic problem where they need some special attention in analyzing their program, these are good candidates. The third element in our ERM implementation is the working methods. We've already discussed high quality risk assessment at length. The principle there, of course, is to make sure that you maintain a rigor of definitions and procedure. The second part of working methods has to do with risk aggregation. How are you going to conduct risk assessment uh, in various areas across the organization and then aggregate those results? The general answer to that is that it's the planning and management regime that will dictate where you conduct risk ID, where you accumulate risk information, and what governs the review of plans and their associated risk assessments. So another way to state that principle is that we're not imposing a separate layer of bureaucracy through enterprise risk management. We're simply integrating risk methods with the existing planning and management regime. The fourth element of our implementation is policy, standard, and governance. Now, the principle that I want to adhere to here is simply administrative minimalism. Let's start with standard. It makes sense to select a standard to give us some general guideline as to the stages of the risk management process and to the elements of vocabulary and various concepts that, that people will find useful you know, as references. The great advantage there is that you don't invent the standard, you simply select it, and I give some advice on that back in episode two. The policy is the thing that devolves from the standard. It's something that you might have to write, but it doesn't have to be lengthy. It can just be simply an interpretation of the standard for application in your business. The third element is governance. That's closely related. That's, again, something that you'll have to specify, but it needn't be lengthy. It's just the idea of setting out the roles and responsibilities, patterns of reporting, integrated, as I said, with the planning and management practice. This way, people will have clarity on whether or not they're actually responsible for developing risk information in a documented form connected with their program areas. So you can sketch out a draft of these elements of the more formal planning, but I recommend that you don't try to implement them in a grand way uh, before you really prove the value of the method in the earlier stages. The last element of the implementation plan that I want to discuss today is the benefits. Now, we've already characterized benefits as being short-term, immediate, on one hand, as opposed to long-term eventual outcomes. That in itself is the principle that you want to observe at this stage. You want to make sure that you're able somehow to assess the value, the worthiness of this process in its immediate concrete results in the eyes of the practitioners. While you can prepare for the long-term eventual outcomes and, and an assessment on, on that basis by simply keeping your records and understanding, you know, which risks did you identify or fail to identify, which mitigation strategies actually were effective, which risk events actually came to pass. These things are only discernible and measurable uh, over the long term as you look back on your risk management records for the previous year. But just to repeat, having divided the benefits into short-term, immediately observable, and long-term, that gives you some sort of uh, reasonable way to assess the quality of the program as you go along. Well, depending on the type of manager you are and the sort of organization you're working in, you might find that that's already an adequate list of the elements of the Enterprise Risk Management Implementation Plan. 
On the other hand, if you're working in a large or complex organization or have a particular interest, you can follow up on these topics in my book. First, a communications plan to share results and celebrate success. Second, performance and success criteria. Third, the topic of integrating business continuity and emergency planning, as well as other risk management subdisciplines. And lastly, a capability maturity model to assess the level of development of your enterprise risk management regime and perhaps compare that with those of peers. Well, let's summarize how we've been able to maintain a minimal footprint, at least so far in the narrative, in our efforts to implement enterprise risk management. First, we insisted on the principle that practitioners prove to themselves the value of the risk identification process. In the next episode, we'll review in a more complete and systematic way the principles of successful enterprise risk management implementation. In the meantime, I'll leave you with this quote, Program managers of new initiatives are under pressure to show results, and it's easy but risky to communicate promises rather than demonstrate the work. Focus on a low-key approach that relies on evidence of benefits. Thank you for listening. Please note our website has changed to riskcommentary.ca. Visit today for episode transcripts as well as books and online courses. That's riskcommentary.ca.